हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू द सिक्स्थ एडिशन ऑफ रिवर्स क्लैरिटी चैट पॉडकास्ट आई हैव विद मी दिव्या श्लोकम द लिंक्डइन दिवा एंड टॉप इन्फ्लुएंसर इन टुडेज सेशन दिव्या विल बी ग्रिलिंग मी ऑन माय लाइफ कैरियर एंड माय फर्स्ट प्रिंसिपल्स एंड फिलोसफीज अबाउट क्रिएटिंग बिजनेस ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन थ्रू टेक्नोलॉजी आई विल शेयर स्टोरीज अबाउट सेटिंग अप द ऑर्गेनाइजेशन लीडरशिप एंड टीम्स फॉर ट्रांसफॉर्मेशन This will be a free-wheeling chat with many thoughtful as well as playful stories of transformation. Did you know that 83% of technology implementations fail to achieve expected business outcomes? Well, managing technology is incredibly complex. IT covers all processes and everything IT does impacts people in some way. The function is only 3 decades old but changing at the fastest pace. Technology industry is highly profitable with intense marketing. Tech companies have the vast majority of the tech talent, not you. Clarity Chat purpose is rooted in helping you solve IT challenges for business success. To help you decode the complexity, to help you leverage partners effectively, to help you partner with business more effectively. to help you manage change better to help you attract talent you get this clarity via experiences of cios and business leaders shared informally and candidly over a cup of tea welcome to the clarity chat podcast since i'm doing the reverse clarity chat with you here today and i'm your host so let's have some fun though i know about you we have been friends but i would love to know a little bit about you before we jump on to learning from your growth stories so uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to everyone around here and then we'll uh, quickly move to your uh, you know growth stories yeah back to you <laughs> that's interesting i have to introduce myself on my own <laughs> show yeah uh, yeah but uh, you are the host so uh, divya i am I call myself an accidental CIO. I started out as a mechanical engineer. Seven years hardcore mechanical engineering. I was out in the field uh, mm-hmm. repairing excavators in Andhra Pradesh. You know, installing some seventy-five ton cranes alone with the help of my customer staff. And uh, and 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 I somewhere came into IT. So I joined uh, the service headquarters of commercial vehicles. Uh, mm-hmm. That was in thousand. Okay. And for two years, I just did process transformation-related work. So mm-hmm. I was improving the profitability of dealerships and uh, mm-hmm. you know taking Kaizen from factory flows mm-hmm. to dealership, mm-hmm. which is when which is when I was enrolled into starting a CRM program for Tata Motors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw something which was really revolutionary and transformational. Nobody had done it before, which okay. was to set up a central some sort mm-hmm. of a cloud system for. Tata Motors dealers that okay. became a big hit, and uh, seven years mm-hmm. later got me the uh, role of the CIO for Tata Motors, and then I again started uh, working on transformation of Tata Motors IT. Took it from you know about a seven-member IT team to about hundred plus uh, people. Built a very business-focused IT strategy, and then. you know and then created a digital transformation roadmap for tata motors okay. which is when uh, which is when general electric knocked on my doors in mm-hmm. 2017 i joined them okay. uh, as the international cio for g transportation mm-hmm. and 3 years later i decided to come out on my own and start my own consulting so that's me yeah i live in mumbai 
with yeah. my two kids, my wife and two kids, and I play golf. Okay, interesting and inspiring, Jagdish. So once again, welcome to this experience sharing, decoding the art of finding ROI with technologies. Uh, I was actually looking at your career uh, growth chart that you had shared with me, Jagdish, uh, sometime back, and figured out that you have grown quite fast, taking up the Tata Motors CIO role at the age of thirty-seven. That's truly inspiring. So, why don't you share with us about three or four growth stories, uh, so that you know we can actually call out the reflection points and which could be revealed to everyone here, and it could actually bring out your first principles of transformation. Back to you. I think the the first one that I recall uh, was my first stint in Hyderabad. I had great mentors, mm-hmm. and my boss who was the service manager. He asked me to, uh, you know, collect data, operational data from the registers of uh, cement plants about about a product called Wheeloader. Okay? Mm-hmm. And all I was doing was like taking my diary and jotting down a lot of data from multiple cement plants. And then I came back, and this was about our product as well as the computer product. And I came back and put it all in Excel and started doing some crunching. And you know what mm-hmm. I figured out that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the data revealed that the maintenance cost of our product was way way less than than the competitor and mm-hmm. i converted we converted that into a, you know some sort of a 10 15 pager you know downs up report sent it to headquarters that report got circulated uh, you know to the entire business and, uh, and and people started showing it to customers and started winning orders okay, okay. Now that's like that was like a very solid belief in data, okay? mm-hmm. and which was my boss showed me that you have to trust data. That's it. True, true, very true. And and and, and that got us the market success. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, in the same function, I was visiting a you know a cluster of granite mines, mm-hmm. and I happened to meet a, a service engineer of Ingersoll Rand who provide air compressors mm-hmm. to all these mines, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he had a list of all the 50 odd mines in that area. Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, I actually jotted down that time there were no mobile phones or computers. So I jotted it all down on my uh, pad mm-hmm. and then came back. I also mm-hmm. got some qualitative data, you know, which mines are doing well, which ones are expanding, which ones are, you know, sort of dying and all of that. And I came back and gave it to uh, my folks. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 15 days later, me and one of our sales guys. We visited mm-hmm. that place and we visited each of those customers. Okay. And when we came back, we had about a crore worth of orders in our hand. Okay. Inspiring. Okay. Two incidents from my early uh, career mm-hmm. gave me that, you know, that belief or that trust in data. That, data. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. leave your emotions aside and, you know, trust mm-hmm. in data. And, mm-hmm. and that is something that, you know, I have found so worthwhile as I have mm-hmm. been, as I have been democratizing data as a, as mm-hmm. an IT leader or CIO, and as I have been using fact-based management, uh, you know, mm-hmm. keep emotions outside the door. That that has led to my my effectiveness. Yeah. So just to quickly recap, uh, Jagdish, you said that uh, you learned through this story that, you know, leave your emotions aside and learn to trust data for fact-based management. So this uh, found the, uh, you know, foundation of your first principles. Now let's move on to your next growth moments or growth story. Yeah. Yeah. 
so the next one was uh, now this is this was belief in data the next one was belief in myself so when uh, we started the when we started the crm program hmm. you know we had a very renowned and top system integrators hmm. who was doing it for us hmm. and one of the things we had done was and of course on a good advice of a friend hmm. is that we got trained thoroughly in the technology that we are about to implement mm-hmm. and afterwards you know we started referring to a whole host of knowledge base and all that and we mm-hmm. figured out that you know, what what the system integrator is doing with the so called expertise is not all right okay. i mean things can be done differently and you know we used to then sort of have logical but pushed battles with mm-hmm. our system integrator in terms of why something should be done in a certain way okay, okay. and and mm-hmm. and actually we got our way and we said okay we'll experiment with it mm-hmm. and you know what i mean i think what we were able to build was because of this conviction in ourselves that even mm-hmm. though i have not done technology core if mm-hmm. my progress is right if my approach is right mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. i then then we just need to follow uh, then we just need to follow that okay? yeah 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 so, so, so this is what my... i draw from your second story and we'll continue your second story so have conviction in yourself and trust your process and approach so this i i can figure out this is building your now growth story towards becoming cio inspiring yeah please carry on and i think then then the third one was like like you know to kind of uh, break free which is to think big mm-hmm. and uh, think outside in mm-hmm. and that was like my uh, So when I took over as uh, as Tata Motors CIO, I had two choices. One is to like continue incrementally in terms of because I had seen Tata Motors for way long. I could continue incrementally the lights on. Mm-hmm. But when I because I came from business, I looked at the potential that we had as an organization and what IT could do. Mm-hmm. But there was always this reservation that you know we never done this before. So you know like would I would I look like a fool if I do this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I did two things. One is I benchmarked with mm-hmm. outsiders. Mm-hmm. I and I and I started leveraging experts, especially specifically mm-hmm. from partner. Okay. And and I started building out a a to be picture, keeping myself out. You know, so if I feel like a fool, I just need mm-hmm. to take myself out of the content. I said, for Tata Motors, you mm-hmm. know, what is the kind of IT it deserves? What's the kind mm-hmm. of technology it should be having? What mm-hmm. kind of problems we should be solving with technology? And then look mm-hmm. outside and bring you know some of these approaches and pro- Processes in into it, and mm-hmm. then have you know some sort of a dispassionate discussion with my bosses and mm-hmm. with my business stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was very uncomfortable because you know I was breaking from the tradition. Mm-hmm. I was bigger than what I thought I could handle, but I think it was worth it. Yeah. So this is what I I truly learn from you that uh, even if you have to take yourself out of the context, take yourself out of the context, focus on company's growth, and then yes. even if you have to indulge. into dispassionate discussions with your stakeholders be it bosses juniors etc so do get into that anything else beyond this that helped you reach to that level of cio and develop that mindset that you have today so any other incidents you recall yeah um the other thing is like you know focus on processes right okay so and you know build build it for the future so when i looked at any process whether it was like management process or whether it was a business process mm-hmm. i was always looking at it that you know how you know will it will it stand the test of time will it will it be will it scale up to where, where the business will scale up after 5 years or where sure. it's potential to create impact after 5 years so yeah. those were the things i was looking at and yeah. uh, and 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 i think that that helped me uh, a lot in terms of building sustainable solutions so 
building sustainable solutions uh, that scalability and building the processes for future uh, became your day-to-day -day practice and your thought process. Do you think all these things that you have mentioned, whether believing in the process, believing in yourself, believing on data, uh, focusing on the processes, you know, getting indulged into dispassionate processes, or are these all things essential? Or you think we can miss out few things and still we can grow up the ladder in the career? <laughs> I just need to learn from you. How does a person start thinking when someone evolves to be that senior or top leader in the industry? Back to you. So, you know, I, I have only told you what I've done. I have not told you what I what I did not do or what I did not have. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think this is where the, when, when I look back, I felt that I always created a great team. Okay, inspiring. So, I always, I always collaborated. So, I always had a reality check on myself that, mm -hmm. you know, as I said, and I, as I showed you in that uh, presentation, that mm -hmm. IT is, managing IT is very, very complex. I mean, you require, you know, expertise into all kinds of business processes. You require, you know, you need to know the technologies and, uh, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Stuff, right mm -hmm. so what i was always doing reflecting was you know what am i good at sure. and then what am i not good at is also as important because whatever i'm I, i'm not good at i was mm -hmm. always looking out where can i collaborate or where can i bring in a team member for that okay, okay. so That's i fine. built a great team and mm -hmm. uh, the team i built always had complementary capabilities mm -hmm. okay uh, okay like for example I am a mechanical engineer. I yeah. did not you know, study technology or did not get, you know, groomed into technology. So I was always surrounding myself with, with great techies. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, I hired a, a CTO from, <laughs> from from Oracle. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so so that's something that I could not do, but I collaborated on. Similarly, mm -hmm. you know, the kind of expertise that I was looking around, sometimes you won't find it here. So I was really mm -hmm. collaborating with you know, experts outside and uh, and getting that kind of subject matter. Mm -hmm. Inspiring, Jagdish. So now let's talk about your phases of growth because growing from business manager to IT manager and then to an IT leader, what remained common and what became different? I would love to learn some principles and methods that you adopt. Yeah. I, th I think I think that's a great question, Divya, because I think what has not changed over a period of years is the customer centricity. Okay. So I remember, uh, you know, even when I was a CIO and we were doing, trying to do a mobile uh, solution for our salespeople, everybody else in the room was like, you know, we got to build this and you know, we got to control the, the indiscipline mm -hmm. among salespeople. And I was probably the only one who said that, you know, we need to look at salespeople, salesperson as a customer and try to improve his quality of life and try to first understand, you know, where they are coming from. Mm -hmm. And so I actually sent two of my business analysts on the back mm -hmm. of you know, these two salespeople we picked up from different dealerships and and my mandate to them was just write billion to them for an entire day okay. and take rigorous notes of what they are doing, what their pains are and, you know, what are their frustrations, what kind of pressures they come under and all of that. Mm -hmm. And a week later, when we reviewed that entire uh, day in customer's life kind of exercise, the results were uh, revealing. Mm -hmm. What we wanted to build was very different from what they wanted. What we thought their pressures are were very different mm -hmm. from what their pressures actually were. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so that's something that hasn't changed. Uh, the, 
other thing which is then which has then changed is the process focus again you know if you combine it with customer uh, centricity mm-hmm. i can give example you know we were looking at potential of iot in uh, manufacturing okay mm-hmm. and and you know we were coming across a lot of uh, knowledge in terms of iot can do this iot can do that mm-hmm. and what i told my uh, uh, my team is that i want to go around the plant myself okay? and mm-hmm. whatever opportunities we can think of in terms of iot mm-hmm. i want to physically check out and talk to the people whether you know whether is that really a pain where you know you would look for a solution like iot so mm-hmm. we toured around the plant and mm-hmm. uh, i went to uh, you know the sewage treatment plant i went to the water supply plant i want mm-hmm. the diesel supply plant you know there was a 200000 liter tank where mm-hmm. there somebody was taking a level i think once or twice a day using mm-hmm. a dipstick this guy was okay. going like all the way you know two or three floors okay up and then using mm-hmm. a huge dipstick and checking that okay this is my diesel level I'm like oh my god this is something that can be so well i so easily addressed by iot yeah. and then we went to the power supply plant which is some 30 megawatt power supply plant for the mm-hmm. entire plant and mm-hmm. try to understand how the entire power distribution processes what kind of surprises people come across and what kind of solutions we could look at from an iot point of view and surprise mm-hmm. surprise i found that you know i found the entire process of how we were running a a complete windmill uh, estate mm-hmm. okay maybe a, a, a couple of 100 kilometers away and mm-hmm. how we had to kind of reconcile all that power that we were supplying to the grid in terms of mm-hmm. drawing power from the grid and what so you understand that business process only by walking around now that has not changed even today wow. i want mm-hmm. to solve a problem i would first want to talk to the people on the ground and mm-hmm. understand the problem mm-hmm. so before you solve you understand Yeah. So in the principles, they say you know walk to Gemba first, go to Gemba, go to the workplaces. Absolutely. Yeah. So you were continuing. Please continue. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the third one is the outside in approach. It is like you know being mm-hmm. humble, uh, having mm-hmm. a certain amount of humility to say that I'm not, I'm not everything. I'm not the best. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you know, despite having a lot of success behind behind my team, mm-hmm. uh, when it came to developing uh, you know these mobile apps or or creating a complete, let's say, user experience center. trick strategy okay? mm-hmm. i still invited a startup to actually come and teach us design thinking okay so, interesting mm-hmm. so this is a man and you know about 30 of us sat in the conference room learned design thinking in fact he made us he made us actually all of us go into us into the streets below mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and and just talk to strangers you know trying to gather their perspective for some for some for designing something mm. uh, so this is something yeah. you know i mean however much you have learned right sure. there will always be much more to learn and you must keep that openness i'm i'm, yeah. I'm always open to learn yeah and i especially loved that incidents which you narrated like you had hired that uh, startup to actually train you on design mm. thinking and then, then you know help you with that so let's read some of the comments before we proceed ahead and let's get to understand what everyone is saying about jagdish today so uh, Uh, Ganesh Rao says Jagdish was jack of all and master of many. Wonderful knowing him, inspiring. Thank you so much, uh, Ganesh. And I uh, would love to know more about him through your comments. So one of the LinkedIn users, his name is not uh, clear, says, "Dear Jagdish and Divya, good to see you. Nice to see Jagdish on the other side of the table. Absolutely, thank you so much, Jagdish, for accepting my offer. That you know, why don't you come on the other side of the table and let me interview you on your show? Uh, then uh, another LinkedIn user, please share your name. Sometimes these third-party apps don't reflect the names. Says, great 
though of treating your sales folks as your internal customer yeah this is a great thought in fact even i loved it why don't you treat your sales professionals as your customers because they know a lot more about the customers so this gives you immediate insight into what the end customer is thinking or going going through absolutely amazing and i so resonate with you then ganesh rao says uh, i'm sure you would have been a mentor to many jagdish anything you want to say about ganesh rao's observation and uh, comment yeah i mean <laughs> i have been i i would say one of my one of my satisfactions that i derive uh, is that i see my my mentees in high places in cxos levels and some of them like i have you know i've mentored them and they were individual contributors so it's great to uh, <laughs> it's a great feeling to be a mentor actually yeah absolutely and i've personally seen uh, jagdish mentoring many people in the industry so he is an amazing mentor and super amazing coach all right so let's proceed ahead sachin sharma says being open to experiment was one aspect shown by you to the entire team appreciable uh, sachin and then rakesh uh, kitan says always trusted his team uh so rakesh seems to be your ex colleague and knowing you ajadish yes, yes. yeah so so was sachin all right inspiring and then uh, parna ghosh says good to see you on the other side of the clarity good explanation of yourself explaining self in the most difficult thing to do uh through reflections of life absolutely and that's what i praise jagdish for uh, you know his writing his written content and his verbal uh, expressions are amazing absolutely amazing so jagdish let's proceed ahead and uh, uh, let's see all right another linkedin user says absolutely great input as belief on data and think out of your comfort from yourself and think about organization amazing even i'm learning a lot from jagdish these days so then uh, vaibhav says uh, very good points many customer centric mainly customer centric ground level uh driving and leading from the front and be with the technology and uh, one of the linkedin users whose name was not clear is vijay sethi thank you so much vijay sethi ji i am looking forward to host you the next week on value addition global show let's proceed ahead and then subramanyam says dear jagdish in today's context when we look at customer centric approach an agile process is critical in making things simple and adaptable what's your observation on this jagdish no absolutely you know um, in the waterfall process if i'm like looking at it from definitions point of view you only got a customer feedback when you took something to him like 3 or 4 months uh, later or 6 months later in an agile process you know every fortnight you are sitting in front of the user of your customer showing him something and then the then the process itself allows you know the use, the user or the customer to make changes you know to whatever you done so it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely customer centric and that's why anybody who wants to do a uh, digital transformation or digital product development uh, mm-hmm. must adopt agile process yeah so uh, now let's proceed ahead jagdish uh, let's talk about the transforming yourself into an entrepreneur i wonder you had left corporate career at your prime and became a solopreneur 
so what made this transformation smooth did you feel those anxieties that we usually you know come across like ah oh, my god venturing into solopreneurship what's been your experience yeah so divya i think this is not a story that i've told uh, you know very many times to many people so let me tell this now so as yeah. i was uh, you know looking at coming out of ge and uh, i i i i was exploring some offers but you know my only discomfort was that i had done quite a lot in, uh, in terms of transformation and technology and some of it was actually going back to do the same things again and uh, okay. mm-hmm. i was not very sure whether i will be able to good passionate job about you know doing the same transformations once again for somebody again starting at a very primitive state like which, which i uh, had which i started from in tata motors i mean primitive state from an it management process point of view mm-hmm. uh, not really the technology so hand on my heart i said listen i am probably i'll probably be more excited if i am able to you know find newer challenges let's say every month mm-hmm. okay, helping people mentor people etc etc now one of the things uh, you know which i was always it happens in corporate uh, roles that you are sort of uh, silenced by your chair right mm-hmm. so you can't speak your mind and and i'm like one who is never afraid to speak my mind and i said sure. listen and no longer at about 47 48 years i i want to do what i want to i want to say what i want to mm-hmm. whether somebody like or not so a lot of these things were going on in my mind when i said okay let me experiment with the uh, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. i did talk to people who had become uh, entrepreneurs everybody almost everybody uh, digested me saying that mm-hmm. uh, it's hard mm-hmm. so maybe i didn't listen to them but i but i managed my expectations based on my my talks with them like for example you know your network doesn't help you as much as you think which i uh, which i also I, i didn't expect anything from my network okay yeah. even though even though So even though my network has been very generous with me, yeah. I'm talking, and my my first business came from uh, you know somebody who had been a good friend and reached out and all that. But I think it was so one of the things that I prepared myself for is one is mm-hmm. to forget the high chair, you know, a high chair and a lot of stuff around and a lot of people at your beck and call. I said, okay, I'm going to mentally come out of that. So a lot of it is actually in your mindset. So I decided, you know, that okay, there are a lot of things that come with that high chair which I'm not going to be around and mm-hmm. I got to comfortable with that. Now, mm-hmm. my definition of, you know, how I look at myself as a person and as a professional is I always have been doing that is to keep my retirement day in my mind. Is the mm-hmm. moment you retire, okay, if people stop coming to you, people stop sure. approaching. That means it was mm-hmm. your chair not. Okay. And I and I have, I have tried to make sure in fact I have written a blog about empathy in which i mentioned this mm-hmm. that i have been following that principle so one thing i was sure that mm-hmm. listen you know what even if i come out of a corporate role i'm still uh, i i have lived it let let me find a validation for that yeah. so so it was a lot of unlearning but a lot of making up my own mindset i have been a learner always you know when mm-hmm. i came to or when i became a cio i learned it so i was so one thing i was confident is that i learned it yeah 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 then i also uh, took external help i found coaches okay? mm-hmm. you know one is to like you know try to try to learn mm-hmm. swimming all by yourself in unknown yeah. water the mm-hmm. other is to you know to learn from people who have done it of course you know it costs mm-hmm. a lot of money yeah. but if you're serious about it i mm-hmm. said if i am serious about it then i need to literally put my money on the table okay? mm-hmm. actually actually uh, 
sort of enrolled with uh, with top coaches for doing that. And then you know mm-hmm. part of that whole learning was also learning LinkedIn because eventually when you're a solopreneur. Uh, LinkedIn is your your mouthpiece. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And and as I said, you know, I mean, I would I would repeat it again. Be mentally ready to. But I think one part of that mental readiness is fail. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hand on my heart, I knew that you know I had led a, an honest, value-driven life. I had tried to be good to as many people. I tried to mentor as many people, and therefore mm-hmm. I had a certain amount of faith that you know what it's going to pan out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and especially Jagdish, I would love to add here. You know, when for the that top corporate lean, uh, you know, cream layer, when they want to venture as solopreneur. Incidentally, I had uh, one episode in the morning itself of Value Edition Global Show. So me and the guests were talking about this. So you are already financially abundant. All you need is, you know, to take that courage and to try newer dimensions of life. And trying this entrepreneur venture could be another dimension that you have never tried in life. So that's amazing. You said that, you know, I always wanted to take risk. You wanted to try. You also hired coaches so that, uh, uh, you know, you don't swim in the unknown waters. You take their hand-holding support. Now we have a very important question from Srikanth. He writes, Dear Jagdish, when you start your entrepreneurial journey, did you begin with the end in mind? That is the exit strategy. Hey, I am your podcast host, Jagdish Belwal. I had a rich career as CIO at Tata Motors and GE. Now, as an advisor, I help organizations transform with technology. Technology is necessary for digital transformation, but not sufficient. So I help organizations with the rest of it. Leadership, strategy, culture, change management, etc. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. For now, keep listening and don't forget to subscribe the podcast and do connect with me on LinkedIn. So Shikant, I think what you mean is the exit strategy from entrepreneurship? No, not really. Because, you know, when, so I had lots of fears and concerns about going solo or going on my own. Mm -hmm. But then I had so much of like you know if you look at the other side of the coin in terms of the positives of going solo there were like just too many of them so i have not really looked at an exit strategy i would say uh, an exit strategy will only happen in case you know like something turns completely you know topsy-turvy and you know complete unknowns come in my way but i'm happy uh, being an entrepreneur and you know the amount of the satisfaction that I get in helping others transform themselves mm-hmm. using primarily a mentoring approach, not really a, a very hands-on, you know, I will do it for you kind of approach, but a mentoring and mindset shaping approach. Uh, I really love to see that uh, transformation happen, especially with my clients. It, it's I would say I would say it is much much more satisfying than you know than than the corporate dress. Yeah, so I don't and, like yeah, and Jagdish, I personally for sure know that uh, you have been handling international uh, clients and uh, the global organizations let's keep this uh, for uh, uh, some other episode we will uh, dive into you know how to manage those international clients and uh, you know how to start doing consultancy with them meanwhile one of the linkedin users whose name is not clear here asked hi jagdish what about startup getting business very challenging sorry so uh, one of the linkedin users writes hi jagdish what about startup getting business very challenging would you love to answer this or you need more clarity on it I think I think what the question probably is that the startups find getting business very challenging. Yes, it is. 
I think you're and a startup in my view. I I also mentor startups, so in my view, you know, there's a lot of I would say misnomers you may call them around you know why and how to do a startup. Sometimes it's all about funding, which is not a great, which is not a great thing as a starting point. I think a starting mm-hmm. point is to do a unique solution, find a unique solution, solve a tangible problem, mm-hmm. and and do it you know in a sustainable manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are doing that, then I think success comes a little easier. Sure. And find the business becomes a becomes a much much easier because you are really really putting yourself in customer shoes and trying to solve a problem. And if mm-hmm. somebody solves my problem, what my problem in in letting him experiment with me because most startup engagements uh, you know start with an experimentation and only mm-hmm. once you have a path to value then you know you sign something sure, so sure. that's my personal view by the way uh, divya shrikant clarified he said by exit yeah. strategy yeah. meant not yeah. from entrepreneurship but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but from a particular company uh, started up yes sure. i had a exit strategy i was i didn't want to play a role that i was playing and i talked to my bosses about giving me another role i had gone to ge for for you know finding global roles and mm-hmm. uh, that somehow you know didn't happen because 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 ge went in a different way than i anticipated it went downhill and then it sold the business that i had joined and and that business i was struggling to find a global role for myself even though the business and the leadership was good promising and uh, then i hand on my heart i said you know what do i just want to do this my heart is not in it do i just want to do it like uh, you know for a good fat paycheck and my answer was you know i'm somewhere you know, i'm a little crazy that i don't do what i don't want to do <laughs> and so i did have a exit strategy it about 6 mm-hmm. months that when the moment i decided i want to exit i started you know i started out with a coach and i started getting that clarity on what should i be doing after 6 months and and then the whole process uh, rolled and my coach really encouraged me you know when he looked at you no know, the initial part of a coaching uh, you know conversation is to lay yourself out bare in front of your coach in terms of what you are and mm-hmm. we always assess ourselves negatively but you know it's a coach who is looking at all the you know diamonds in that big pile and when he recounted all the diamonds to me and I like why don't you become an entrepreneur <laughs> so why yeah. are you looking for another job yeah. and that gave me a lot of confidence i must yeah. say yeah yeah in fact i, I personally that. also feel that you know taking support of coaches is always helpful i've also had coaches in my life so if you're someone who truly wants to achieve your dreams and desperately want to do something in life that you had been so wanting to do i think it it makes a good sense to hire a deserving coach and then you know uh, have conversations with them now let's proceed uh, um, jagdish finally let's now switch to the advice for leaders because uh, on your show i find that there are a large number of leaders who are coming as audience and who are uh, engaging with you how to transform so what is your advice to leaders out there who want to transform i would love to see you tapping into some incidents once again to share your anecdotes back to you okay okay i think my my first one i would say is tap into your core what is your what is what are you best at mm-hmm. because in today's world is with that kind of collaboration you can always plug in the rest but you need to decide what you're best at so i mm-hmm. i will i'll i'll recount a story with one of the guy he was like you know looking for a change we had done lots of lots and lots of process uh, you know related work in different uh, organizations and all of that and he somehow felt that you know 
all of this is like you know the world is far more technical and you know these kind of things he hasn't really benefited from it and uh, when i looked at his entire thing i just out of the blue suggested to him i said why don't you you know you are very good in processes okay? and we have a function in in our organization called the shared services okay? mm-hmm. which is very very process driven in fact you can't mm-hmm. drive a shared service function without process expertise Sure. They had never even thought of going into shared service, and sure. I said, "Think about it. Read mm-hmm. about it. We talk to people and mm-hmm. see whether what you what you find like absolutely, I mean, no value in what you have done. Mm-hmm. Does that really help here?" And he's decided to experiment and and took a bet on it. I said, "Listen, if it doesn't work out, I'll give you a better. I'll give you a role that you want, but trust me and try it." And he tried it, and you know, I think the customer ate out of his hand. He loved it. The whole process orientation and you know the necessity of finding the processes and all that. So you know he was good at that. The rest of it, everybody else complimented. Mm-hmm. So find what you're good at, collaborate for the rest. Mm-hmm. Then second thing is like you know always find a find a mentor. <laughs> I can tell you one of my mentors, and I can mention him here mm-hmm. was a guy by the name uh, Mark McDonald from Dartner, a mm-hmm. very tall and hefty guy, and uh, mm-hmm. and a very very effective speaker. And you know, I mean, this guy would transform mindsets. Mm-hmm. And I just you know went to him and I said, Hey, Mark, can I have discussions with you whenever we come across each other? And he was very he was very cool, and you know, so we started. So whenever he was in India, American, whenever he used to mm-hmm. come to India for any of the Dartner's seminars and all, you know, just invite myself for a breakfast meeting at his. Okay. Okay. And uh, and I would go prepared, and I would have all kinds of questions. And, hey, you know what? How do others mm-hmm. people? How do others face school days and all of that? And I have a legendary story with him about transforming my boss. That for another day. By the way, I've already shot yeah. a video on that. Yeah. But I took his help to you know to reshape my boss's mindset. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know the. Mentors is not that the organization has to give you a mentor. Sometimes you have to find your own mentors. But mm-hmm. you know, people who have done it before, who have met those challenges, who have overcome those challenges, they always can give you a shortcut or at least a shortcut advice to uh, you know to guide you. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and 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 third third thing I would say is very counterintuitive advice, but being empathetic mm-hmm. is an absolute must for transformation. Absolute mm-hmm. must. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so mm-hmm. here is the story uh, which somebody narrated guru narrated very nicely to us in terms of how transformation happens so so this is a story that uh, you know you see a crowd running mindlessly towards a cliff now now you are you know the map of the area you are an expert in that area and you see that these people are running towards the cliff and by the time they stop at least like 30 people would have gone down right mm-hmm. so how would you how would you save them okay. mm-hmm. so if you shout at them hey don't go there they're anyway running mindlessly they're not going to yeah. uh, they're not going to be saved by you shouting or by you lecturing right mm-hmm. so my guru's advice was that you know you go and become part of them start running with them be one of them okay? then get ahead of them okay? yeah, yeah and as you get ahead of them you know start changing their direction towards safety inspiring logical this, this is, a, this is a very very deep story which i always remember that yeah. you know you can't you can never be an outsider and do a transformation you mm-hmm. have to 
pregnant, right? For example, you know, in mm-hmm. that IoT story, mm-hmm. if tomorrow, if I am going to, let's say, you know, put an IoT solution in the diesel supply, you mm-hmm. know, network within the plant, and mm-hmm. I haven't been there, I haven't talked to those people, they, mm-hmm. they won't be addressed. It will come like more as like, you know, a consulting uh, suggestion or, you know, an external mm-hmm. intervention. It will never be like off our own. Mm-hmm. So, so empathy is so must. And, you know, it, it comes in different approaches. Also, for example, if you talk, you see uh, all the user experience stuff that we talk about in, uh, mm-hmm. in digital transformation. That's nothing mm-hmm. but empathy in a very, very systematic manner. But mm-hmm. as a leader, you know, mm-hmm. keep your ego aside, have an empathy, respect others' point of view, respect others' resistance, very mm-hmm. important. I can, I can, I can recall another story that I thought of, you know, so mm-hmm. I was talking to a CIO. Mm-hmm. Uh, of a real estate company uh, recently mm-hmm. and uh, this guy was Jagdish I have got so many plans and you know I have done all the outside in uh, thinking I have found who's doing what and all that and I have created some good plans you know mm-hmm. but you know what I mean I don't know why my leaders are cold to it mm-hmm. you know we had something like a 45 minute chat and in that chat I somehow kind of managed to get into the minds of his leaders and mm-hmm. I said, you know what? You're creating such a grand plan that the cost of failure is very high. Sure. Okay. So why don't you why don't you uh, reshape it in in a way that all your plans just just break them down into small experiments mm-hmm. and tell your leaders the cost of failure is nothing. Yeah. Don't create grand plans. And it it really stuck him. I said, Jagdish, I think I found my answers. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you look at it from a leader's point, if you look at digital transformation from a leader's point of right, mm-hmm. they are always worried. What if it does not work? Right? Sure, will, sure. I, will I will I will I look I look like a will I look like a fool? Mm-hmm. And you just remove it from the equation by saying that no, you're just doing a small experiment. We're not doing all the digital transformation stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> simple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me reiterate uh, what we have learned so from uh, so far from your anecdotes and your experiences. Mm-hmm. So you have said that uh, you know initially tap into your core. So uh, what you're best at, just figure out, then collaborate for the rest. Once you have tapped into your core and figured out, then collaborate, find a suitable mentor. It could also be a coach, but you have highlighted uh, uh, as a mentor. And then being empathetic, then you also reflected uh, that empathy comes in different forms. It could be be an insider, lead and change the direction the way you shared about your guru story, what he told you about that mob that was uh, running uh, uh, you know uh, in an unfavored direction then you also said that reflect empathy in user experience keep the ego aside respect others uh, resistances as well as point of view and uh, finally you also shared that do little experiments be experimenting in your approach so one of the LinkedIn users meanwhile says dear Jagdish one of the reasons I feel that stops people from starting on their own is fear of failure as they're entering in an unknown territory. What will be your advice to those who are on the edge for quite some time and still wondering on whether to take the plunge or not, Vijay Sethi? Yeah. I think this fear of failure is the is the Hanuman curse that we all carry. So Hanuman carried a curse that, you know, he's not good enough and uh, he would never realize his own capabilities. So, So I think we are all blessed with that curse. That we don't know enough of ourselves. You know, this question coming from Vijay Sethi. I mean, even somebody like Vijay having a fear of failure. 
and I must say that you know, even I had a fear of him. Yeah, we are so, all humans. So, yeah. so you know, anybody, anybody else would kind of laugh at it. You know, <laughs> you know what? We Jain Jagdish having fear of him, but yeah. that's a curse we all carry. I call it the Hanuman curse. Okay? Yeah. But then you know, I think I think every Hanuman needs a Jamwan. Yeah. Okay? So you know what happened? You know, when they had to cross the sea into Lanka, and somebody had to give a message to Sita Ji, then people knew that it's only Hanuman who could do it. But Hanuman didn't believe that he, so he needed a Jamwant to, you know, encourage him and tell him about his, the powers that he carries, and uh, you know that he's the only one who can do it and all that. And then mm-hmm. Hanuman got that confidence and he took that plunge. So yeah. in this entire anecdote, I think you know the Jamwant is the coach, okay, yeah. and Hanuman, Hanuman is person who's cursed with that. Fear of failure. Yeah. So Vijay, Vijay sir, my advice is like, you know, I think the fear of failure can be really addressed by seeing a mirror. We typically see a darker mirror than what it really is. And, you know, therefore a coach always provide, coach or mentor, formal or informal, will always provide you with a more clearer and uh, and colorless mirror and will help you see your own capabilities and 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 strengths in a much in a much much uh, i would say saner way yeah and i also personally jagdish feel that uh, they say to err is human i personally feel to fear is human you know so Absolutely. all of us have got our own phobias fears anxieties apprehensions so everything you you name anything uh, related to emotions we all face this uh, we are all in the same boat so definitely now let's proceed ahead we come to the conclusion of this episode jagdish you must have thought of something for me because i've been interviewing you uh, and now it might be your turn to ask me uh, a question or two the choice is yours back to you yeah so divya <laughs> you know we talk together on linkedin live and, and you know you don't share anything from your side that's 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 criminal okay so i had a question for you you know, sure. I've been following you and you've been generous with your advice uh, and I've seen your videos and live sessions and there's some real good advice. Now, uh, share a brief about, you know, what your LinkedIn mission is. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm especially since, uh, you know, I'm sort of representing the, you know, technology community. I have found that, you know, people are not, not very systematic or to an extent they are shy of mm-hmm. being on social media. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's your, what's your, what's your message to us media shy fox? So Social media shine yeah. for. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jagdish. So I started this journey long time back. I've been coaching top industry leaders. However, uh, this also triggered me when I actually went to Canada in the year 2015. And, you know, once I went on to pick up my daughters in the school and very minuscule goodness uh, my younger daughter had done and I uh, overheard a teacher saying, Urvi, you've done fabulous job. You go out to the world, tell it to everyone that you're an, an amazing person and you have taken this initiative. And I was like, mm, mm, okay, uh, is there any need to actually go out and showcase it to the world that she's done that minuscule thing? So then I spoke to her and she said, this is the difference between uh, the uh, Western upbringing versus the Indian upbringing. Uh, the people in India are actually very work-facing people. They are very hardworking. But in the Western countries, we also make uh, you know kids upbring them in such a way that they also become world-facing leaders. So if you observe our Indian leaders, whether business leaders or corporate world leaders, you'll be able to notice that less than less number of leaders or business owners or billionaires are popular on social media 
when you talk of uh, you know jeff bezos when you talk of elon musk when you talk of such billionaires outside india you will find that they are very active on social media because they know that they also have to face work they equally have to be world facing so they are very well aware about their personal branding they are very well aware about uh, the power of their thought leadership impacting their enterprises or their own businesses so i personally feel that this shyness is inbuilt this is in our dna we can overcome it if the leaders learn a social media as a skill as a competency as an ability you know to influence other people to create impact in the society they will be able to take it normally they'll be able to get rid of their shyness now what am i doing on linkedin your second question is during 2020 uh, the lockdowns the first lockdowns uh, happened and uh, i have a lot of friends like you so they started approaching me some of them unfortunately had lost their uh you know authority and their position at very senior level companies were getting rid of the top leaders also so they said they were do something about it you have been super successful using the power of linkedin you've got maximum clients using the power of linkedin do also let us know how do we go about it on the other hand there were some students who reached out to me and they said that we are afraid of our future it seems to be gloomy so then i decided all right uh unfortunately so far not many leaders have been able to take advantage of linkedin so i figured out that at least i can impact 1% of linkedin's population the number prevalent at that time was 675 million people linkedin users so i decided all right even if i impact 6 million people through awareness about how to use linkedin i can do it so then i started giving free workshops free master classes and that's how more and more people started connecting with us as volunteers and now we have a large community of volunteers who are spreading this awareness as to how to use the power of linkedin effectively across the globe we've been able to um, you know train people from 30 different countries jagdish and about 30 people 30000 people have uh, directly taken a training from leverage linkedin global initiative this is it i just wanted to share with you hope i have been able to address that shyness issue and the linkedin linkedin initiative you wanted to ask back to you no, no, absolutely i think i think i think that's really noble and you know in these uncertain times when you know, everyone is anxious uh, i think it, it helps a lot that you know i've seen uh, the power of linkedin in so many ways i mean you know, there was these big campaigns uh, you know crowdfunding campaigns that are finding success you know using linkedin because yeah. everything that you reach out to linkedin can actually contribute right yeah. and then yeah. uh, and then you know people really bringing out their talents there i myself you know experimented with linkedin successfully so i think it's a noble Pause. Thanks, Divya, for sharing that. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Jagdish, for giving me this opportunity to be on your show today, hosting you. Uh, uh, you know, uh, learning from your story, your anecdotes, and I would love to invite you to my Valuation Global show as well as a guest sometime in future. Thank you so much, Jagdish. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Divya deserves every bit of accolades she earns for being an awesome host. In our next that is 7th podcast I will host Arun Gupta former group CIO of Sipla and Shopstop plus some more he is now an independent advisor in digital transformation Do subscribe to Clarity Chat podcast it's available on all major podcasting platforms